Hello, everyone. Welcome to this conversation on TealTownUSA.com. I am Eric Curra, joined by AJ Strong. And with us in this episode, we welcome an original San Jose Shark and former assistant coach, Rob Settler. Rob, how are you? How's things uh, in your neck of the world? My neck of the world is still San Jose, so it's uh, it's actually pretty good. We have uh, three kids that are online full-time right now, as I'm sure everybody else is with what's going on in the world, but everybody's healthy, everybody's safe, and everybody's doing well, so knock on wood, I'm in a, I'm in a good place right now and enjoying some California sunshine. Uh, absolutely. Nice and uh, beautiful and, and uh, glad to have you with us. So, of course, you have a long history with the San Jose Sharks. You yes. were one of the first first guys uh, selected in the original dispersal draft in 1991. A uh, couple of years in in uh, plus in San Jose. Uh, tell us about those days at the Cow Palace. Uh, any stories you could you could share with us? Well, it's debatable. I don't think it's debatable, but I say I'm the first San Jose Shark. Neil Wilkinson's got other thoughts in mind, but we were the first two. We were the first two. He says it's alphabetical. I say it goes by uh, character and talent, so I went out. But uh, We always had that little argument, but we were the first two San Jose Sharks because of what went on with the Minnesota North Stars back in the day when they split it. We were with the NHL team, and we were the first two to come over. So uh, that was a thrill, man. It was awesome because uh, I was kind of an in-and-out player with the North Stars. We'd just gone to the Stanley Cup Finals, but I was coming to a team where – I knew I was going to play a lot and be a big part of, and I was thrilled to do it. I was anxious to get out of here. I was 21 or 22 years old coming out to California to play hockey. And, uh, you know, I got out here and stepped into the Cal Palace, and I said, wait a second, this, this isn't hockey. Hang on a second. What is going, what is going on here? But it soon, you know, I, I quickly kind of fell in love with the area, um, fell in love with California, fell in love with the team. And it was, uh, you know, it's been a great ride through playing, coaching, all my stints in San Jose with the Sharks, I've really enjoyed. How much did you enjoy that uh, that climbing of the stairs at the Cow Palace? After a fight, it wasn't very fun. After a loss, it wasn't very fun. It seemed like a long walk. Um, after a win, although there weren't very many of them back then, after a win in those Cow Palace days. Uh, but I, I don't know. It was kind of unique. You know, to me, to me, I was a, a kid from Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, a small town in northern Ontario, and I was living in, you know, basically South San Francisco. So there's something kind of romantic, exotic about that for a young Canadian kid to think that they're in San Francisco or playing hockey in San Francisco. It's a little bit surreal. Uh, so it really didn't matter. We were packed every night. Uh, we had a great bunch of guys on the team. We worked hard, but we didn't win too many games, which was unfortunate. But uh, the, the, we still laugh about that climb, that, that climb up the stairs because you, it's just kind of weird, you know, you climb up and then the dressing room was really compartmentalized and they had a little piece over here, a little piece over there. So it was a little bit disjointed and you could tell obviously that it was temporary. Uh, but, uh, but it was a lot of fun. It turned into a lot of good stories from, you know, somebody growing marijuana on the, on the, on the back patio near the dressing room, which back in, you know, 91, which. It's not today where no one would even think twice, but you go there, you're like, who the hell's growing marijuana out here? Uh, to, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff going on. It was, but it was, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun back then. How quickly did Link Gates cop to it? <laughs> Good question. I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. I've got Good my answer. own secret. Yeah. Yeah. Link was, Link was, uh, he was a special guy, man. He was, 
it's a shame that he got he got in. The, I don't know if everybody knows the story. But he got in that accident, and cut his career short. But uh, gosh, skate. He was among the toughest in the league. He could shoot. It's just a shame that he just couldn't, you know, put it all together. And uh, he would have had a long career in the NHL if he could have. Man, he was a special talent. And he was, God, he was. 6'3", 6'4", 220 pounds. That, that was unheard of back then, right? I was a bigger guy. I was 6'2", 200, and I was one of the bigger guys. But you just to be able to find that kind of size and talent that goes with it is it's rare, man, really rare. Mm-mm. And you also played with uh, Doug Wilson for a couple of seasons. Did the Hockey Hall of Fame hold him out long enough? Or, or is there anything you can tell us about Doug that – no one should know. We'll keep it. We'll keep it quiet. Yeah, he was. He was not. Not only did I play with Doug, but he was also my uh, my stallmate. I sat beside him for two years up in the Cow Palace. So, a lot of stories. And uh, he was. Um, I'll tell you something about Doug. He goes nowhere without his pants pressed. He's a good man, and but he he is he's he's a he's the cleanest dressed guy I've ever seen. There's not a wrinkle on that man. Whatever room he walks into. Whether it's in the morning coming into hockey, you know, coming into a meeting between periods or meeting after a game as a GM, or he was everything had a a crease, everything was ironed perfectly, so he he was always looking sharp. But he was uh, he was a fun guy to play with because he was he was that guy you know, that everybody kind of looked up to as a hockey player, not only what he did on the ice, but what he does off the ice as well. He just kind of holds himself in such a, in such a high way. And um, it was fun, you know, he, he, but he liked to have fun too. He was the first guy to bring everybody over to his house for a Christmas party. He was the first guy to get everybody organized on the road to go for a beer and a bite to eat. Um, so, so that was fun for us. And for a bunch of young guys, you know, we weren't going to be there for very long you know it was generally you know a year or two because they were kind of on their way out but there were some young guys on the team that were that were looking to grow and looking to kind of have a career and uh and doug helped us do that so he was like the the jerry rice of the sharks or was just always clean always pressed always ready to go you can't even imagine man he was always you know ready to go and there wasn't there wasn't you know every like i said every crease every not a wrinkle it was it was good it was impressive because we'd look for one wait a second i think i see a wrinkle hang on a second uh, he's a good man we tease him he's probably hopefully he's laughing right now if he hears this but he's a good man and uh you know we obviously played together we worked together as coach gm and um, and there's been a lot of lot of fun stuff that went on on the ice and off the ice. I've enjoyed it. Well, one of the few left that didn't have to throw on a lid, right, during games. I know, I know. You see, but the interesting part back then was there there actually was a period. I think it was my second year here in San Jose where they introduced a rule, and so it was kind of like the grandfather rule. But if you had been in the league for X amount of time, you could choose to not wear a helmet. So there were a number of guys who had been in the league for four or five years that were, you know, wearing a helmet that chose to not wear one. You know, it was some of the guys with, you know, the bigger personalities, tough guys, kind of players that that chose to do it. But to me, that's it was nuts. It was crazy. And I, I actually played with Doug and I played with the last guy I did have to do it. It was Craig McTavish back then. I played with him in Philly. He didn't wear a helmet. And it's, you know, I think if you're the only guy not wearing one, it's hard because no one else is really expecting it, right? So 
sticks go up or elbows go up. Back back in the old days, nobody wore a helmet. So I think the respect level was a little bit different. You know, everybody kind of learned to, you know, keep your sticks down, keep your shoulders, or keep your elbows down or else you're going to pay for it, right? There's going to be something coming back your way. And when you're the only guy in town that's doing it, I think it's a little bit of a different story. Some guys tend to forget once in a while. And, you know, you saw a few whacks in the head and a few stitches every now and then from those guys. Mm. <laughs> That, that's kind of throws off the the whole wrinkle thing. It's like you, you got everything perfect here, but then you got the little little stitches here and there. No, um, but the stitches were done perfectly, though. Oh. They were done perfectly. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> so, so you mentioned Philly. You also uh, were in Toronto. You were one of the original Nashville Predators, yeah. uh, and then uh, finished up in Washington, where you played under Ron Wilson, and then you kind of jump over a few months later to be one of his assistants when he came over to San Jose. Um, You you coached with Ron and you also coached with uh, Pierre DeBoer. Uh, You know, who, who was more fun on the road or or how does it changed (laughs) over the years? Uh, Well, there are two different personalities and two different approaches to the game. Ron was very, uh, he had a real technical side to him. And um, he loved, um, like, he loved the the analytics part of the game, and really relied on the analytics part of the game. Like to me, he was he 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 really brought that into hockey because he he had a file maker program that he kept that when people looked at it, they were astonished. And I was one of the guys keeping track of the stats for him, and I would hand him his sheet of stats after every game, and he'd plug it into his file maker program, and out would pop a whole bevy of of different analytics. Uh, time on ice. I mean, that's an easy one, but time on ice, uh, goals per 20 minutes on ice, goals against per 20 minutes on ice, like all these stats that are kind of the norm now. Ron had that back in the early 90s, and uh, he was way before his time that way, big time. And uh, you know, Pete, Pete was just different uh, that way. He, you know, he certainly we we had an analytics department by that time, right? So we had guys right. that. That was their whole job was to do that. So, you know, he'd get that and he would look at it, but he, he, you know, didn't use it as much. You know, he was more in the dressing room talking to guys and getting a feel for what the players want, what the players need. You know, both guys were, I've worked under three head coaches um, and three, all three are going to, you know, either have had great success or are continuing to have great success. And that's Ron Wilson um, and then uh, John Cooper and then Pete DeBoer. So, Three guys that, uh, you know, you just really learn a ton from and got a tremendous amount of respect for and uh, just, you know, a thrill to, to work for those guys. It was fun. And all completely different people ran their ships completely different, which was great for me because I got to see it run a few different ways. Well, we talk about Ron Wilson for a second. Has he ever explained to you what Haunta Yo means? What is it? Haunta Yo. There's a, there's a video of Ron Wilson. In the dressing room, and uh, this is during the playoffs, right, Eric? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, I believe it was some. It was sometime when he was with Washington. Yeah, and oh. he he was just he was just on this on this crusade, just haunt yo. Do you know what that means? That's you no, know, that's, I don't. That means it's a good day to die. You know, and it was just this <laughs> oh, really? speech that he was using to to try to fire up the uh, troops. Like you know, if you're gonna go down, a- go down swinging. Seriously, it must have been like a series clinching game or something that he had the opportunity to clinch a series where he used that. I, I he never used that one with with us. He would, have, but that was the fun part about Ron. He would he was uh, 
he kept his circle pretty tight. And if you're in his circle, he's a funny guy. But you get out of that circle, and he kind of he gets pretty close-lipped. But he's a he, he he likes to bust your chops big time, right? Like big time. And that's a lot of fun to him. So with players, with other coaches and stuff, you know, you you know whatever it is, he likes to bust your chops a little bit. And uh, but he he likes to have some fun, not only on the bench, but um, in the dressing room and everything. So he was, I worked with Ron for nine years, you know, five or six years here in San Jose, then another four in, in Toronto. So I, I owe him a lot. You know, he, he brought me in as a, a guy just getting out of the league. And, uh, you know, I probably had no business coaching at the NHL level those first couple of years because you think, you know, that you think, you know, and then you got to teach it. And that, that's a whole different ball game, right? Doing it and teaching it is completely different. And, uh, to teach it, you really, you really got to know what you're talking about, man, because these guys will see right through you. And these NHL guys are smart players and they're good players, and they want to know. They want the information. They want it quickly, concisely, and and delivered in the right way. And, uh, and both both Ron and Pete had a like. I think it's a unique talent to be able to take a message and deliver it in a way that's really easy to understand, and it, deliver it in a way that they can they can grab it and take it out in the ice right away and not have to think about it anymore, right? Just, okay, got it, I'm out. And Ron could do that, and Pete could do that, and that's that to me is a real skill. Some guys really jumble it up. You know, they kind of keep going, and they keep talking, and it's long. Both those guys were, like, quick. Let's keep these meetings quick. Let's keep them to the point. One or two points, one or two bullet points, and that's it. Let's go. And they just believed in what they believed in and and uh, and move forward. So, uh, But, yeah, again, just fun guys to work with. Well, come on. If they'll let Drew Remenda coach, they'll let anybody do it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got a soft spot for Drew because I'm his uh, I'm his wife's favorite. So every time every time, oh. he sees, uh, every time he sees me, you can tell him that next time too. Next time you talk to him, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, AJ talks to him on uh, uh, multiple time time. times. Yeah, oh, during the yeah, season. Tell, yeah. him tell him. I, tell him. Rob says hi to Michelle. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so you you coach the pros. I know you've done uh, you've coached the kids as well with the junior sharks. Yep. So we got to ask who who's tougher to coach? Is it the the pros or or the kids to uh, to teach the game to? Oh my, it's the kids, hundred percent. The kids, because it, it's something. Depending on the age you get, you know, sometimes they're just kind of like. What? what? What was that? What did you say? They're just kind of lost, right? And it's, you know, it's being 12 or it's being 10 and it's, they just kind of space out for a little bit. Um, super fun to coach, but at the same time, you're like, come on, man, let's go. We just showed you this drill. You know, and, and the challenge in the pros is, is just making sure you've got a game plan, you've got a plan in front of you and you're following it and, and you know what the hell you're talking about. Kids are never going to call you out if you don't know what you're talking about. But these guys, if you don't know what you're talking about, there's going to be a lot of eye rolling and questions. So that's the challenge at the pro level, right, is knowing exactly the message you want to deliver, deliver it quick and get it done on the ice, whether you're between periods or whether you're in practice. Because you don't have a lot of time with the pros. It's always – everything's a lot of pace and quick and uh, because you play so much. Right? You play every second day. You don't have time. You don't have time to have a 45-minute meeting every day. It gets a little mundane. So you got to keep it fresh and energized and quick. So you got to be prepared, and um, so the kids you can pull the wool over their eyes sometimes. But it's, uh, <laughs> I have a son who's 13 who plays junior sharks, and I help out to coach him. So that that's been 
that for me has been a real thrill. It's been really fun. And one of the reasons why I've chosen to kind of go into this new venture, um, because it's given me the opportunity to, you know, as a coach, you move around a lot. It's just what you do. Right. And you accept that as a coach and your family accepts that. And I've got a wonderful wife and three kids who have followed me and and gone to different cities. And it's been awesome. We've had great experiences in every city we've been in, honestly. Good people, good towns. Um, But this was a chance for me to settle down for a little bit and not pick up and not move. And, uh, you know, it's given me that opportunity uh, I've got two kids in college, and then I've got my son who's 13. It's given me the opportunity to coach him, spend a lot of time with him. And uh, so that's kind of my focus right now. Nice. Well, let's talk about it. It's the Oats Sports Group. Um, from the looks of it, it's very in-depth uh, training. Uh, I kind of elaborated on it because it looks when reading up on it, it ranges from like youngsters to guys like former shark Brendan Dillon and yeah. a bunch of other NHL players. Uh, so yeah. fill us in on it. Yeah, it's uh, so Adam Oates started this business about four years ago. I played with Adam in Washington for three years and we always had, um, you know, we we're definitely friends. And then the conversations were always really dynamic because Adam's a sharp guy. Um, he really dives in deep to the kind of the skill set and um, how you do all those things. And you remember him as a player. He's, you know, top 100 of all time. He's this guy, all of it, uh, but just saw the game in a different way. And then so when I was coaching, I was kind of following what he was doing. And it was really interesting to me because um, at the end of the day, and now he's got, you know, our company has 42 NHL players, I think it is. At the end of the day, um, he's got the best players in the world coming to Oat Sports Group asking how we can get better. How can you make me better? And he's delivered over the years. He's delivered with Shifley. He's delivered with Kucherov. He's delivered with Dylan. He's, he's kind of, you know, you, you name McDavid. So he's got all kinds of players that um, he's been, he's helped to make better players. And uh, so when things changed for me here in San Jose, uh, we talked and uh, we thought that there may be a way to kind of grow the business and, um, you know, certainly working with NHL players is part of it, but opening it up a little bit more to, uh, you know, high end junior players, prep school players, guys that are looking, guys and girls that are looking to become better hockey players. And on the right now on the East Coast, if you want to become a better player uh, and you got a chance to become a better player, people are phoning an old sports group. That's just what's happening. The best players are doing it. And uh, because he delivers and he's shown that it works. And and we want to make that mark here in the West. And that's where I come in. And uh, we do things a little bit differently. We look at things a little bit differently. We look at things a little deeper. This is not, um, you know, 25 kids going on the ice and in conditioning and running through drills just for the sake of running through drills. We get two or three guys on the ice at one time and we're going to go deep into the skill set, whatever it is we're talking about. And, you know, the stuff that we teach, the hockey sense, the hockey IQ, the vision, the awareness um, helps these young players and NHL players uh, have more awareness, have more vision to allow them to play a smarter game, a calmer game. Because our belief is that if you're able to be calmer out there on the ice, right, your vision increases, your awareness increases. And uh, you become a better hockey player. You see more things happen out there. You're not as jittery. You're not doing things as quickly. And uh, and you do that through a number of ways, right? You, through video, through on-ice instruction. Um, and But the, one of the biggest things is how you're using your body, right? 
and, and teaching these young guys how to use their body, when and where to turn, how to turn, how to bring their eyes into play first to lead them in that vision and that awareness. So, you know, our game is a violent game. It's just it's just the nature of the beast, right? It, we, right. People get hit. And uh, we believe the way the way we teach things, we're going we're gonna to take less hits. You're going to take a bump every now and then, but that's going to be to your advantage, not theirs. You're not going to get hit. And um, so that's a big part of it. And then I think another big part of it is is teaching these guys that having the puck on your stick is a good thing, man. Like, well, I, I want to see you with that puck on your stick. I want to see you hang on to it for a little while longer. And and when you're calm and you, you, that vision, that awareness goes up, right, and now you can see, I got that. I can make that play. And, and we're talking about making plays in small areas. And having small areas feel like you got a lot of time is it changes the game for a lot of players, you know. And and it's it's interesting because I've you know quickly gotten gotten up to about 15 clients in a shorter period of time. And it would have you know would have been better if if we're not in the middle of COVID. But it is what it is right now. But you know the results were pretty immediate, and that was really fun. And the 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 neat part about it. You know, for me, that the, the benefit was, and I didn't really see this coming. You always think of it as coaching and, you know, helping kids get better on the ice. But the relationship is like you get to know these players at a different level and really smart kids, like so kids in Ivy Leagues and kids in prep school that are just, they just want to get better. They just want right. to get better. And uh, they ask good questions. And uh, so it's been really fun. And then after a little while, you get to know them. They start texting you and asking you about, life, you know, like life away from the rink. Cause you know, at the end of the day, I've been fortunate enough to be in this game at the NHL level for 30 years and either playing or coaching. And it's fun to share that knowledge. It's really fun to share that knowledge, especially with a, with a young guy trying to make it. And then when you get a young guy who's hungry and wants to, and you can just see him kind of, he's like a sponge, you know, he kind of craves that knowledge and takes it in. It's really fun. And then you, then when you see it kind of transfer to the ice, you're like, there, you got it. You got it. Yeah. That's it. And they see that and then they're like, okay. And then you kind of start to see it over and over and over again. So, so it's, it's been a good ride so far. Like I said, I just started in January. It's short term, uh, but it's been super fun. And, you know, working with Adam has been excellent. He's got a, he's got a real brain for the game and uh, his knowledge, he wants to share it. And, uh, you know, like, again, the success on the East coast is unbelievable. Um, I just would love to see that happen on the West coast and get a presence here on the West coast. And that's, that's kind of where I come in. So would you be taking advantage then as well of the expansion of Solar for America now that they're going to be adding more sheets and using that as part of the platform as well? Yeah, I hope to. You know, I hope to get on the ice there because that's where, you know, the first part of it, you know, I was doing some traveling, uh, going back to New York and going to Florida and meeting clients. And the plan was to do a lot of that um, over the summertime. I, I had clients in Vancouver, clients in Winnipeg that I was going to get up to. Uh, but of course, you, know, you just can't right now because of what's going on. So the hope is is to get a presence here in California and in the West and make my travel a little bit less. But God, I would love it. What would be great is to have some locals where you know even going down to see a game instead of watching it on video would be awesome. And then having you know being able to work with a guy right away and and being able to transfer that right away and then get on the ice with them right away because that's my my hope is to get on uh, sharks ice a little bit more and uh, and use that ice to help these players get better, you know. And I'll be here and you know I get the ice uh, once in a while up in in Tahoe. Uh, they have a great facility up there. It's awesome. You know that hole in South Lake. There's one whole one side of the rink that's all glass. You can look at it. It's really a great setting and great rink, great ice. 
So it's fun to train guys up there. And then, you know, depending on where the client base is, that's where, I, that's where I'm going to be going to. So. Okay, now how close is this facility to Harris and Harvey's? Because I'm going to be going there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Good question. About three-quarters of a mile, maybe less, maybe half a mile. Oh. So walking distance for sure. So so if, you, if, you're, if you're a parent with a young guy or girl who loves hockey, call me up. We'll get you up. To, we'll get them on the ice in Tahoe, and then they can walk down to the casino and hang out and or cross the street to the beach, which would be good yeah. as well. Yeah. Or a little, a little golf, I, I, a little golf, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple of real good ones up there for sure. Yeah, your options are you got all kinds of options up there. Excellent. All right. Well, Rob Settler, uh, we wish you all the best. Uh, where, uh, where's the uh, what's the website that people could look uh, it up? Oh, for, for thanks. That, yeah, way? thanks for asking. It's oatsportsgroup.com. Oatsportsgroup.com, and you know, kind of everything you need to know is right there. Um, we kind of give you a little, just a little quick blurb on what we do and how we do it. And then of course, you know, emails and phone numbers and everything right there to, to, to reach out and connect. And even if you just have some questions, uh, I'd love to hear from some people. It'd be fun because it is fun. Um, you know, I haven't run into a client yet who hasn't enjoyed it. Um, you know, and neither in same goes with me. I haven't run into a client yet. who I haven't enjoyed There's, you know, some challenges on what, what they need to do to get better. But uh, every kid to a man has gotten better, and, and uh, that's been really fun to watch. Man, I, I I can only wish I had this when when I was playing in playing yeah. <laughs> uh, in good old Berkeley, Iceland, and uh, and had that to play around because uh, I I've always wanted to look for something to to improve. So I'm I'm glad yeah. that that that's that opportunities out there for youngsters and uh, and more so in general. But uh, Rob Settler, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. I really appreciate you having, you having, having me on and uh, hope to see you guys soon. Enjoy it. Enjoy it.